Well, that's not something I wanted to see, but... Are you guys ready to start? Dude, <laughs> I've been ready to start for an hour. Okay. I see, you're the one supposed to open the episode. Oh my god, I forgot that. No, you're the one who's supposed to open it. Isaiah, I'm the one who's supposed to open the episode. Come on, man. Yeah, how could I forget? <laughs> how could you forget? Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. I'm Steven, and I'm joined today by two I'm Charlie! And I'm Isaiah. Look at these two. Aren't they a treasure? Sorry, Steven. I've been holding that one in. <laughs> You've been holding in introducing yourself? Yeah. What a rough life. We're talking about Sonic Advance today. It's sort of the spiritual successor to Sonic Pocket Adventure we learned last time. It's the other SA1. It definitely feels like a sequel. Like, you play Sonic Pocket Adventure and then you play this. <sighs> I don't really know about that. I don't exactly feel that way about this game. I have some feelings about this game that I've found anew during this play session. Uh, yeah. Based on what you've been saying in the chat, I get the feeling that you might not like this game. I think that this game is a strict downgrade from Sonic Pocket Adventure in all regards except for the multiple playable characters and the Chow Garden. And the Chow Garden is really just like a Sonic Adventure thing. And also the fact that this game is in color. No, the previous game was in color. No, he means more than, he means like, I think you mean more pixels. Am I, am I literally remembering this game in black and white when that wasn't true? Yep. Oh my god, I need to go see a doctor. Yeah, sorry, Isaiah's living in the L.A. Noir universe right now. Th that's true, Sonic Pocket Adventure was made before color was invented. It's literally on the Neo Geo color. The Neo Geo color. Neo Geo Pocket Color? Pocket Color, yeah. They all have color, as Charlie said. I do remember that. Well, what happened to my brain? The first the first Sega handheld was in color. That's true. Yeah, dude, the Game Gear was in color. I... What? What? What handheld console... Aside from the Game Boy, it was not in color. Uh, any LCD one? Yeah, like, the weird Game & Watch stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did Atari ever have a handheld? That shit was probably not it in was color. The, I think it was like the Atari Lynx or something, but I think it was in color. No? I'm not gonna look it up. So, this isn't important. Sonic Pocket Adventure... Also, I forget exactly. Sonic Pocket Adventure had a lot of, like, sort of animation stuff to it, right? Yeah, it had a lot of, like, careful animation stuff. Yeah, I feel like this game sort of has the same, but we'll get to it. So, this is just like Pocket Adventure and just like the 2D Sonic games. This is a 2D Sonic game, only this time, instead of having a choice of playing between several different characters, including Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, we now have the inclusion of Amy as well. <laughs> What? Sorry, you said several playable characters. Instead of having a choice of several playable characters, you also have the choice. In this game, you have several playable characters to choose from. Plus one more. <laughs> okay, I'm making the mistake of playing the game while I talk about the game, and it's it's mind-flooding me. Ah, now I see. Yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Isaiah, exposed. <laughs> we're off to an excellent start. Yeah, we're nailing it from day one. So, just like Sonic Pocket Adventure, and just like the 2D Sonic games, this is a 2D Sonic game. <laughs> Wow, are we? Just, are you trying to get us to edit out that stuff with you fucking up? Yeah, we're just gonna pretend it didn't happen. Oh my god, <laughs> this is a doozy. This is look. I'm, I've had a. I've had a day. Okay. And now I'm. Now I'm fully mind flooded. You told us that you were ready, dude. I. I was ready an hour ago, and now I don't know what I am. <laughs> you like relapsed into not being ready. <laughs> hey, yeah. Isaiah. Yeah. You are all of you. I. I am. Man, we're not at all there yet. Dude. I can't wait, though. 
So in this game, you have four different playable characters. You can play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy. And they do some interesting things with the translation to 2D because all of these characters were playable in 3D in the last, in Sonic Adventure 1 in particular. Wait, hold on a second. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? I thought we were talking about the I gameplay. I just, what, what is there to talk about with the basic gameplay? It's 2D Sonic. Okay. And that's it. I'm sorry. Like, that's, that's all there is. I mean, you could talk about, like... Okay. I, I'm sorry, I screwed it up again. You have you have two acts. Each of the acts have a different song. You fight a... You fight a boss... No, look, this is... Keep... This is the description... Here's how the game works, okay? You have two acts. There's different music per act. There's bosses at the end of each act. And at the end of the two acts, you go to a different zone where there's two more acts and there's slightly different levels specific. This That's what every 2D Sonic game... We just... If you're familiar at all with the 2D Sonic formula, you already know everything there is to know about the basic gameplay of Sonic Advance. You could mention that everyone has two moves in this game instead of just one, everyone earns a combat move. You could talk about the fact that this game, like, progresses to a final level that has, like, falling apart segments, and you could talk about, like, the other levels before that. You could mention that the game has, like, a water level that's really bad. You could mention that some of the bosses are bad. The, I mean, that's, that's also every Sonic game. So the game does this very interesting thing where it starts out it starts out really easy, right? Like do we do we agree with this? Yeah, for the first 3 levels or so. It definitely the first level which is Neo Green Hill, I think. Mm -hmm. The first level is definitely very easy unless specifically you're trying to get to the special stage. Yeah. In which case, good luck unless you're playing as Tails. Uh yeah, that's Tails is for getting to the special stages in this game. Like, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's his purpose. I mean, I was able to get to all of them with Knuckles because you know me of my Knuckles. I like to glide. Yeah, so you don't you don't chuckle. Yeah, you'd rather flex your muscles. I understand. We've all been there. I'd rather spit out missiles. Yeah, but like Sonic, I was trying to get to the first level's special stage, the first act of the first zone special stage, as Sonic for like maybe. 15 minutes? Yeah, same with Knuckles for me. Well, oh, I, I, I theorized that I could have gotten to it as Knuckles because I know where it is, but, like, Tails is the way to do it. Yeah. Tails is just the way to do it. Right. So, real quick, who did everybody play as the most? And did everybody get experience with every character? I did a whole run-through with Sonic. Okay. Same here. I did, I did some with Knuckles, and I did some with Amy, but Tails was just like, it's Tails, and I was like... And I, so, for some context, this was my very first Sonic game and my second Game Boy Advance game. Ooh. So, I have a lot of experience, but never completed it. As of recording, I 100% Sonic Adventure 2 battle, but I just can never see myself <laughs> doing this game 100%. But we'll get into that. Yeah. But, yeah, I just did those characters because, you know, Tails is just Tails. He's what you expect. They have some interesting animation stuff with Tails where, like, and maybe they had this in, in Pocket Adventure. My memory is so bad. So when you when you jump as tails, the direction your tails are pointing when you're in your ball changes based on the direction that you're moving. Yeah. And that's that's very clearly like we have a sprite that's different from his ball sprite and then we just rotate that sprite around an axis. But it looks it looks pretty solid. Yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering the the sprites from Sonic 3 and Sonic 2. But it felt like the tails were a lot very small in comparison to his ball and disconnected. And I, I really do, when, now that you mention that, that is really cool. And yeah, when you jump, he just, it just followed, the tails just follow. It's really cool. Sorry, I, I, I was really looking 
thinking about talking about the characters because everyone could do spin dash except for Amy, which because yeah. everyone is really just kind of a translation of their uh, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure Two because you know Sonic can do a somersault. He also gets the Insta Shield back, and although the Lightning Shield is in this game, I don't think you can double jump with it. It's just you cannot. purely yeah, it's just purely a, a ring attraction. Yeah, it also looks like it's designed more after the Sonic Adventure Lightning Shield than the Sonic 3 Lightning Shield. Oh yeah. This game this game is very clearly a like Sonic Adventure Sonic Adventure 2 style game. Right. But it uses the formula from games that were made beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the Game Gear times when like a game would sort of be designed after its console counterpart, but right. it would just be toned down. Yeah. And you know, Tails has his tail swipe, but he doesn't really have much else to him besides that and his flying. Uh, Knuckles gets his punches plus his punch combo. Just like, it, it's very much the one in Sonic Adventure 2 where you do an uppercut. Yeah. And he can glide. And something really interesting that I noticed, in the fourth level, which is water, uh, he floats until you jump. So he can, like, just stay above the water. He can't jump very high out of it, but, like it's kind of helpful for the boss where you can just kind of stay there for air. And I think maybe Tails could do it because he swims as well. Cause oh, yeah. I remember when we were talking about Sonic 3, I liked how Tails had a little swimming animation, but Knuckles did. Knuckles finally has a little, like, breaststroke animation. And it, it really shows how much of a swimmer he is, especially compared to, like, you know, off the tail in the Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. But... I like how with Tails, his flying... He has, like, a hitbox on his actual tails, so you can break enemies by just flying up into them if you're careful. Yeah, just like, and you yeah. can do the same thing with the water boss. Like, Eggman just gets hit by Tails' tails right. while he's above the water level. Yeah, and he had that in Sonic 3. Yeah, but it was way harder to use in that yeah. game. Yeah. I, think, I think the thing is, yeah, it's a bit easier to, to make happen because the distinction is much more obvious because the body proportion has changed with the new art style. Yeah, also, I think all of the hitboxes in this game, they seem almost pixel-perfect. Like, maybe they're still squares, but it seems like they end right where the pixels end on any animation. Because Tails, like... Yeah, probably. His attack, like, his ground attack where you hit the B button, and so the A button to jump. Yeah. He swings his tails out, and I was testing it on, like, an item box, and it seemed like just as the two, like, sprites actually touched... That was as soon as I could hit things. Mm -hmm. So that's really good for, like, conveying how much range you actually have with things. Yeah. And then our last character, Amy, is very unique in the sense that she cannot uh, spin attack at all. She could in two-player mode in basically any other game. But they really make her, like, faithful to her Sonic Adventure 1 counterpart where you have to use the hammer to, like, basically make an insta-shield. But instead of, like having just a, an extra, like, slightly bigger hitbox. It's just like, no, you do this, or you're just gonna get damaged. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really interesting. It, I was playing as her, and it was just... It was kind of weird. And I was so used to the Sonic Adventure gameplay that I was expecting that as soon as I could see her hammer when she was running, if I press B, I could do a jump, but no. <laughs> she has that kind of jump, but you have to press down an A, which is a little awkward. Yeah, and it's not something you can really easily do while you're moving. Right. It feels more like the like backflip from a 3D Mario game than anything else. Yeah, yeah. it looks like a backflip. It's just really awkward, and you, I don't even think you can use your hammer once you do that jump either, so it's very risky. Yeah, you can't. I thought you could do it if you held down in midair and then hit the hammer button. Yeah, that. so that's another thing. She has, like, a spin hammer in the aerial, which is a pretty 
decent move because you can get a lot of hits on the first boss with it, yeah. and even the last boss if you just if you time it correctly, and it's pretty cool. It really seems like it's only good for bosses, though. Yeah, it's okay for. The problem with it is that when you're spinning in the air, your momentum gets slowed down, so you can't like hammer spin towards enemies. She does like a sort of yeah. tornado twirl type thing. Yeah. But it stops all of your forward momentum, so like, if you time it wrong, frequently you'll just fall down a bottomless pit, and if you don't, sometimes you just don't end up hitting the enemy you wanted to hit, and almost every enemy in this game has projectiles, so they'll just shoot you if you miss. Yeah. I, I kind of... So, I mean, Amy feels like the worst character because she's like the least powerful, because she also can't right. spin dash. Yeah. But I kind of like it, because it's almost like a hard mode. Yeah. And it, but it's like, it's an interesting hard mode where your abilities are completely different. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of recontextualizes how you have to approach the same environment. I liked her in the first level, but I had such a tough time. I guess the first two levels. I liked her in the, oh, Beach Beach Boys. What is that level called? Beach Beach Boys Palace. Beach, Beach Boys, Beach Boys is... Neo Green Hill Zone. Neo Green Hill Zone. I liked her in Neo Green Hill Zone. I can't imagine how obscenely hard it would be to beat the sixth zone with her. Yeah. I didn't play as her after the first level because I was being a bit of a pinch. She's she's definitely fun to play as for the first several stages, but I mean the the last couple stages are irritating to play as as Sonic, so right. I imagine playing as Amy would be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. She does have one move for gaining speed, but it's not a spin dash. She just, like, charges forward. Yeah. Oh. Are you talking about, like, down A? Yeah. Where she has, like, a little skip? I forgot about that. Yeah, the Yeah, if you do down A, she does a skip, and then if you hit B while you're, like, leaping, then she'll do a dive, which will slow you down when you hit the ground, but it also does damage when it contacts enemies. I did not remember that. I'm... I kind of want to try that. Yeah. It's very niche case, like, of it actually being useful. Well, no, the more useful part is that, like, when you do the skip, it sets you to full speed. So it's the same as a spin dash. Yeah. Like, you can just run out of it. Yeah. I'm talking about the attack the attack portion of it is very niche case. That's the pointless part, but <laughs> that's why I didn't mention it until I was done. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit better in the one water level because... When you're when you use the skip, you're actually in the air for a while. Yeah, but like you're talking about the worst part of the move. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like that. This should be a side thought to the. <laughs> so, I want to talk about the characters, and I guess it's a sort of a a retrospective for me personally. I don't. And I, I kind of want to talk the intro, and I don't, Steven, I don't know if that was something that you wanted to talk about specifically. No, you can go for it. Alright. So, being this my first Sonic game, this game does a very, like, good job of just, like, introducing the characters, because, like, although, I have to say, with the logos, it takes a long time. I always remember that. <laughs> and I went back to this, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because you get the weird, like, the Sega logo, like, slowly drops into itself, and so does the Sonic team makes a ring sound. But anyway, yeah, and for some reason it can't be skipped. Yeah. Yeah. But so the intro like starts with the Chaos Emerald, and it's like, oh, that's that's pretty gem. Must be important. And then you see egg, it drops into Eggman's hand, and it glows, and then the music really starts to pick up. And then it introduces the characters, where it's like Sonic, and they do like their you know character select animation. Yeah, it has like a splash screen. Yeah, you get like an uh, 
little flavor with the names, because it's like Sonic, and then Sonic the Hedgehog, and Tails, Mouse, Tails, Brower. I really liked how it's just like, they have names, but it's not just like, oh, it's this, the thing. No, it's like, Miles Tails, Brower, that's in the middle. Amy Rose, she has a last name for some reason. But, <laughs> you know... It's the, I mean, it's the Sonic Adventure 2 intro, yeah. but on the Game Boy Advance. And a lot less edgy, which is an improvement. <laughs> well, it's so funny, because like, this game, like, gave me the impression that Knuckles was just, like, a really edgy character. Because this was before I ever played Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. And, like, I always got the feeling... Like, Knuckles, when he hits a goalpost, he, like... He has his head down and, like, raises his fist. So I thought he was, like... He's like, oh, this is to all the ladies out there. I thought he was a ladies' man. But <laughs> now I know that is not the case. Yes. He's a very socially awkward recluse, but, like, I didn't know that. And then Amy, Amy really captured my heart... And, well, you know, that's me being awful. Also, I would just like to say, uh, playing as Tails currently on the ice level, he does indeed have a swimming animation, nice. and it looks real good. Is yeah. it like his Sonic 3 one, where he's, like, doggy paddling? Yeah, it's doggy paddling, but his tails are, like... First of all, they're huge. But so they're they're, like, behind him instead of sort of, like, in the way. Oh, okay. Sorry, I just saw her do the slide. I've never done that before. That's really weird. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's kind of cute to be honest. Like, I really like the animations of this game. Yeah, they're they're really well animated. Also, she cannot do anything with her hammer after she does the flip. So, you know, that's sad. Yeah, it's it's weird because you would think a character design would be like, okay, she's always vulnerable because she can't like do spin dashes, but. You would think the trade-off would be that she could use her hammer whenever, but instead, you just can only use your hammer sometimes. Like, there are a lot of situations, like, when you're on the spring, like, when you use a spring, every other character is vulnerable until they hit the ground, and Amy can use her hammer at that time, so she does have an advantage in that specific circumstance. Yeah. But it's hard to tell when you'll be able to use the hammer and when you won't. And you just have to hit the button and hope that you will, or else memorize the conditions in which you can. Whereas for every other character, if they're in the ball, they're invulnerable. And if they're not, they are vulnerable. And that's it. Those are the rules. Yeah. But, like, the issue is that she can't use her hammer whenever, and even when she does, it always takes all of her momentum away, and it's kind of the similar issue that she had in Sonic Adventure, where it wasn't as fun to play as Amy, because you could never move quickly and do the thing she needed to do at the same time. The slide also does damage, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, it gives her a hitbox. Yeah. I guess I gave a lot of, I guess I gave a lot of, like attention to Knuckles and Amy with the intro, but like, it's just a great way to just introduce these characters, and you're like, oh, I can play as any of them. I mean, look at this, this is really nice, and that's a thing that the later advanced games kind of don't do, but we'll get to that when we get there. The thing that's really cool to me is that all of the characters are unlocked right off the bat. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking so about. So it's like, it's like booting up, like, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and you're like, I can play as Sonic 3 and Knuckles, you know? And it, it's sort of it's sort of that, but for the Game Boy Advance, where all four characters are playable immediately, and it's just up to you to decide who you want to do a playthrough of. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this game saves your progress with how far you've gotten with each character. So if you've gotten halfway through the game as Sonic, the next time you boot up the game, you will be able to play any stage up to halfway through the game as him. 
but not as any other character. Yeah, I forgot that you had to be with everyone, which I guess I did do, but it was just weird because I'm so used to it. Because I think they share the Chaos Emerald. Yeah. As far as I'm aware. Which would be good because I don't think it would be fun to find the Chaos Emeralds with Amy at all. Right. Or Sonic. Yeah, I mean, anybody but Tails, but especially Amy. Like, imagine as much trouble as I had getting to the first Emerald location as Knuckles. I can't imagine trying to do it with Amy. Well, she can jump higher than most people, right? Because of the, like, backflip she can do? Yeah, yeah, but you need to jump high and move fast simultaneously. Well, her charge forward thing, like, I was saying, the main point of that move is not to do the slide. It is to get her to speed really quick. Oh, yeah. And also, because she's standing, she can actually maintain that speed better than anyone else. Because you can't really stand out of a spin dash with everyone else. So Amy can, like, do her charge forward move and then keep running, which is way better in some capacities than the spin dash for speed anyway like obviously it's bad because it doesn't have a hitbox and she can take damage during it but for getting up slopes and stuff i think she's actually better than sonic yeah but yeah the special stages are easy to get to with tails it sounds like they're not too bad with knuckles i actually didn't spend a whole ton of time playing with knuckles my thing is that i'm dumb ah yeah it, it's so weird when i did the run with knuckles i was able to find like i i, I think that there's only one spring so, to give context, to get to the special stage, it is a very interesting looking spring that you have to get to, and then you bounce on it, and it takes you to a special stage. And I honestly can't remember if it's one per level or one per act. It's one per zone. Yeah, I was gonna say, it feels yeah. like it's one per zone, because I found one in the first act of Neo Green Hill Zone, and then I found a sec like a second one in the second act of Secret Base Zone. Right, but yeah, I was able to find all of them up to Angel Island Zone, which is the sixth zone, I believe. Which, wait, is it? No, I think it's the fifth zone. It's the fifth, because there, there are only six before the yeah. boss rush zone. So I think that... You, there, there's, because technically, despite what the uh, the menu tells you, there's like two zones after Angel Island Zone. There's Rocket Egg Rocket Zone and Chaos Angel Zone. So I guess there's like one in each of those. But yeah, yeah I, anyway, I somehow found myself to all of them, and I think that's the only Act Two one for Secret Bay Zone. Yeah. So I never found any of the spring locations in my first playthrough. It was only after beating the game where Eggman says, now collect all the Chaos Emeralds. And I went, there are Chaos Emeralds? Right. And then and then Googled how to get the special stages. <laughs> and so this is probably why I felt so, like, I don't want to say distasteful. No, that's, that's a bad word. Um, so <laughs> negative towards the uh, giant rings in Sonic 3. It's probably because of this game, because I had to you just search for something. I think that's how the other advanced games are for finding special stages, but the yeah. fact that you have to find these very specific, like, objects each stage, I mean, you can replay them, basically, if you restart the level, but it's yeah. like, once you fall off the spring, you can't bounce off the spring again. It just acts like a regular spring. Yeah, I think this game handles it a lot worse than Sonic 3 does, and I don't think that Sonic 3 handles the big rings amazingly, so that's saying something. <laughs> But there's like two or three per level, right, Isaiah? Yeah, there there are, I think, four big rings per act in Sonic 3. I think that's like the maximum. I don't think every stage has four, right? I think it, it was four for all of them, except for like two for some of them. How many big rings? I, I thought that the later levels just like dwindled down in big ring numbers. But I guess maybe they're just harder to find instead. In Sonic 3 and Knuckles, there are 77 giant rings. Oh my lord. Yeah, that's way more than the seven springs that we have in this game. Yeah, in this game there are seven springs. So, you know, good luck. Seven springs in hand. 
Sorry. So, <laughs> we'll stop uh, beating around the bush. We're going to talk about the special stages. And, Steven, do you want to take it from here on this? Yeah, they are like... They're like a Game Gear special stage where you just have to move a character on a top-down perspective. You're falling down a sort of pipe that looks reminiscent of Sonic 2's special stage, but basically the rings come at you in that sort of like simulated 3D style, but because of the way it's angled, they sort of like, you can't tell where they're going to end up, yeah. so you just kind of have to guess. You can tell, oh, they're to the left or to the right, but you don't know how far left or how far right you have to go, and... In addition to that, your character sprite is so big on the screen that frequently you'll just cover up the rings, so you yeah. won't be able to see them until they're already past the point where you could go. And also, right. you're like falling, like we said, you're falling, and you have this snowboard on for no particular reason. <laughs> yeah, because you're not going against anything. Yeah, yeah, there's no reason to have a snowboard. You can, you can hit a button to make yourself fall faster. And I cannot think of a single reason to do that. Yeah, I don't know why you'd want to do that. There's a, the other button, the B button, lets you do a little attack where you spin. And, like, I can't tell if it's a placebo effect or not, but I felt that that kind of helped me collect rings. But honestly, I couldn't even beat the first stage. Yeah. Right. And it's such a task. Like, it'll take you two minutes to be able to play the stage again. And then, like, you kind of just have to memorize where the rings are going to be and where you have to be. And I just didn't want to do that. So, like, I only ever really played it twice. Yeah, same here. The So, I, I will say about the attack thing, uh, I don't think it actually increases your hitbox size, but there are specific locations within the, the special stage where when you use that, you're basically doing a trick and you get bonus rings as a result. So, I think it does increase your hitbox because I think I went to like a 2x2 two two ring thing that helped me get it. It's really hard to tell, but it's like the rings are at the very edge of the pipe, but like, they give you such a large space that it's just like, why? But also, like, even when I feel like I I'm definitely at the edge of the pipe, it still shows, like, I'm not collecting the rings that are on, like, yeah. they're, they're still, like, behind me. I still can't get to them. I think those are supposed to be not actually at the edge of the pipe, but they're drawn behind you when they should be drawn in front of you. Yeah, it's... This game has probably the worst, like, depth perception of any special stage, any, any 2D to 3D special stage in Sonic. Yeah. Even the Sonic Blast ones were better than this one. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. This actually, I mean, this reminds me of the bonus stages in Knuckles Chaotix, where you're also falling through like a 3D environment. Well, no, you're running through that environment. Right. This is, it, it has the depth perception of Sonic Blast for me. I'm not talking oh, about. Oh, you mean you mean the extra like? Yeah, I, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm talking. I'm not talking about the special stages. I'm talking about the bonus stages. Well, I mean, oh. you should, like, yeah. you should clarify that you don't mean the Chaos Emerald ones. Cause, yeah. Like, yes, the words special stage and bonus stage are different, but yeah. like, I don't think our audience is going to be able to pick up on that because I wasn't. Yeah, well, I mean, that was an issue we had when we were talking about them last time, where we couldn't d distinguish special stage from bonus stage in that episode. And it's Chaos Ring, not yeah. Chaos Emerald, and it's kind of Knuckles Chaotic. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, that's a very important <laughs> distinction. But yeah, so it's, it's very similar to that bonus stage, except... In Knuckles Chaotix, and to be fair, the 32X is a very powerful machine for its time. That depth perception was much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you fell slower, so you just had a better chance to figure things out. Oh yeah, that's also definitely a component. But it's it's frustrating, because I don't think falling and collecting rings while you're falling is a bad concept, you know? And the fact that you have a skateboard, for some reason, 
is also fine. Yeah, I mean, it gives an excuse for, like, more animation that looks neat, but, like, it is perplexing. <laughs> it is. It is really weird. Also, every character, I think every character has a different skateboard. Yeah, there's, there's snowboards, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's not skateboards, it's snowboards. That is an important, an important distinction. I like how when you fail the stage, they just go, arg with, like, a speech bubble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I did not get a single Chaos Emerald. Yeah, so. I got the first one somehow. Rip. Long ago. Amazing. Long ago in a distant land. Yeah, it's it's damn near impossible. Also, I feel like they give you less rings than they do in most of these, like, special stage yeah. styles. Yeah, it feels like you have to get exactly the amount. Yeah, it was like, collect 60 rings, and then I missed a couple rings, and I had 55 rings. Yeah, and it's like, what the... how do you... What I think might be the case is, I think that these might be based on time and not, like, a, like getting a certain distance. So I think speeding up actually just gets you to the next set of rings faster. But okay. I didn't test that because I didn't care. But if that's the case, maybe they're slightly better designed than we thought. But that would still be an issue of not communicating that to the player, and that really matters. Oh, no, like, they're bad, but they, there might be this element that makes it way more playable if you're, like, experimental with it, but you just aren't going to spend that much time in these stages unless you yeah. played as Tails first, and it's not Tails Advanced, so... And it's especially interesting because when you leave the special stage, you go to the spring that gives you the special stage, and if you hop on that spring, it just acts as a normal spring. Yeah, I was trying to think of a way to redesign this to make it feel better, and I think the best way they could have done it is maybe make it cost an amount of rings, and you can just spend that many more rings to get back in, or maybe it could cost you lives, like every time you fail the stage you lose a life, because lives don't really serve a purpose in this game. I mean, yeah. I've gotten a few game overs. I mean, you just but continue yeah. from the act you lose on, right? Yeah, yeah, you can just start from the same act, so it doesn't matter. But, like, if you fail the special stage, what I do is I reset the Game Boy and start yeah. the, like start that act again and friggin' try again, and that's it. Right. It's not that hard to get to it once you know where it is, but it's just a tedious task, and it's not fun. Yeah, and I, and I do even, feel like... I it's do not feel even like, like the... I do, I do feel like if you just remove the tedium of it, it becomes significantly better. Like, I, as, as dumb as it sounds, I think just giving the player the ability to try again immediately might help, might help the, the stage feel better. Yeah, and I've, it's weird because I don't think we have this complaint for any other Sonic game. Yeah? Like, I don't feel this way playing Sonic 1. I feel like I'm able to go to the special stage and learn something about it really quick and then have a better chance at it next time. And that's weird because I feel like that special stage is also very difficult, but I think it's just designed in a way that you don't have to practice it constantly to get better. Yeah. And I feel like Sonic 2's special stages, even though they're incredibly difficult, like, the messaging on them is so good that I, I can tell when I failed something and I can kind of, like, learn it as I go, whether it's hard or not. But yeah. this one just feels like an enigma that I, like, I tried it twice, and the second time I didn't do any better, so I just didn't want to try it again. Yeah. So I feel like you need to be doing it over and over again, and I feel like there's a different way to punish you for failing than just making you waste another three or four minutes of your life. And also, importantly, with the, the special stages in Sonic 2, because they are based on getting to checkpoints, you can try again within the same stage. Like, you can... Yeah. If you, especially if you are very familiar with the layout of the game, because like you've been playing it a lot already like you could just be like oh i failed well let me try again like by going south you know and i still have 50 rings i didn't lose the rings 
you know? Yeah. I, I feel like Knuckles Chaotix also does something cool where it lets you, like, try again within the special stage. And, like, other games, they're more accessible. Like you said, there are 77 big rings in Sonic 3, <laughs> and yeah. there are exactly seven big springs in Sonic Advance. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah. with Sonic 3, an issue is you have to find them, or you have to know where they are. But that's even more true in this game. Yeah. It also doesn't require to be high up for some rings. You just kind of have to be a little creative with finding them. Also, some right. of them are in Act 1, and some of them are in Act 2, so you can't yeah. even, like, you can't even, like, be like, oh, well, I have the Chaos Emerald for this zone, so I'll just go to Act blank of this zone. You have to search both acts. Oh, yeah, there's no way I'd be going and finding all of these. I would look it up online. Like, I think even at this point, Sega gets that, because they had an online guide for how to play Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But that was, I mean, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was, was 2001. They had that, that website up. Or no, Sonic Adventure... 2 was 2001. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was what the website was for. And I forget what year that came out. Oh, I thought that Sonic Adventure 2 also had a website. It it might have, but it was a different website. So, if it did. Since we're talking about, like, finding the springs, I, I think that's a good time to talk about maybe level design. Yeah, there's... Because... This game's level design is a very, like, particular thing. Like, it doesn't feel like any of the other, like, not even Sonic Pocket Adventure, because Sonic Pocket Adventure just kind of felt like Sonic 2. Yeah, I think Sonic Pocket Adventure felt like the best version of Sonic 2. More or less, yeah. I love that game's level design in the way that it doesn't, like, punish you for going forward. Right. Whereas this game does all the time. Like, I feel like there are more spikes in this in this game, like, compared to other Sonic games. Am I, am I crazy, or do you... You aren't wrong, and they also do this thing where, so we've had pop-up spikes in Sonic before, where you can't right. see them and then they'll come up and they'll go back down. Yeah. And like, I hate that idea. I don't think that it needs to be ever in any Sonic game. Like, we can have pop-up, like, obstacles, but I wish you could see them before you got to them. Yeah, like, I feel like the spikes that are like a little bit out of the ground and then pop up all the way is a pretty fine solution to that. Yeah. And we still, like, haven't done it in a Sonic game. Yeah, it's really weird. But this game has, obviously, like, the invisible spikes that'll pop up. But what they do to you is they'll put them next to, like, springs that point upwards. But in this game, when you hit the side of an upward spring, you just don't go anywhere. And then the spikes will pop up. And, like, basically, they just force you into these positions where you're going to get hit by spikes if you don't already know how the level works. Yeah. And that sort of design element extends to the whole rest of the game, because this game is full of bottomless pits where if you just get a little too low, they start having you do a lot of precision platforming. And that was true for the first Sonic game. We talked about that in Green Hill Zone, how if you get to the bottom, the game becomes more difficult. But with that game, it had spikes underneath you. So you could tell that there was this obstacle, and if you fell, you would die. So you were automatically more cautious. Whereas yeah. this game doesn't have spikes at the bottom like it just has bottomless pits so sometimes you'll think you can fall somewhere and then you'll just immediately die as soon as you hit the bottom of the screen yeah and it feels really really bad it felt like they gave me a lot of rings at the bottom i want to add on to that that in sonic 1 when there were bottomless pits it was very obvious that that's what they were like it was yeah. it was very clear the camera stopped panning when you were, like, the camera stopped panning down when you were on the, the ground level. Whereas in this game, and I, as, as far as I remember in future Sonic games, the same thing happens. When you fall and it's to your death, you're going to be falling for, like, a screen and a half worth before you actually hit the bottom. And so you didn't know that was going to be your death until you started falling. Yeah, and also, like Charlie said, sometimes they put rewards, like, in the holes. So you want... <laughs> You naturally want to fall down somewhere to see where it, it takes you. Yeah. And this is just 
super against that idea. Right, because I had like a, I remember that I would do Neo Green Hill Zone Act 1 a lot to get a lot of rings for the Chow Garden, and I just had this method that yeah. took me places, but... God, that, that was reminding me of something. So, pop-up spikes you were talking about. Um, yeah. Hidden base zone, the second zone, has, like, really bad enemy placement, I think. Like Yeah, and so does the sixth zone. It's like, so you had the problem with the uh, the spikes, but what if that was an enemy? Like, there's a hole that you can, <laughs> at least you can see, but the mole's like, oh, hey, and then you get hit. And then yeah. there's, like, these ladybug enemies that hang up on ceilings that jump a little and then release two diagonal sparks. And Yeah, like I said, every enemy has a projectile, and I was playing Sonic well, 1 every on stream. Enemy. I mean, it feels like almost every enemy. Like, yeah, there are some that don't, but by the end of the game, it, it almost every enemy has to protect Yeah. But, like, yeah, in, in Neo Green Hill Zone, Secret Base, and I think even fucking Chicken Wing Zone or whatever it's called, the Casino. Casino Paradise? That's the one. Their names are not prominent, which is weird. Like, it says I mean, the, they, tell you at the, they tell you at the beginning. They tell it's you at the beginning, hard. but it's in smaller text than the zone number. And also, yeah. if you hit a button, it's gone. Also, at the stage, so, like, it doesn't call them their zone names, it just calls them, like, oh, zone? Yeah, like, two yeah, or whatever. yeah. I mean, I also have listened to soundtrack a lot that I just am more familiar with the game to think that, but I understand yeah. because I probably didn't pay that much attention either. But, but, yeah, the enemies up until that point aren't too bad, but by the sixth, like, final zone, when you're climbing up the rocket and when you're in actual space base, Every enemy has a projectile, except for the little mole guys that Charlie was talking about. And the projectiles, like, are positioned in such a way that if you, like, run forward, you're gonna get stopped by a wall, and then an enemy is just gonna shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels really, really bad. There's also a lot of enemies in Angel Island Zone, which right. is right before that, that are positioned on platforms that you have to jump to, and the enemy is positioned just slightly to the right of the platform. So, like, if you jump up there not knowing the enemy is there, they'll come onto screen and instantly shoot you, and it's like... Yeah. It's like walking into a room, turning the light on, and then you look to your left and you just get shot by, like, an animal. There's a, there's a particular bit in... I think it's Act 1 of Neo Green Hill Zone, where... You were going at close to max speed. You got, like, boosted up by a spring or whatever. And then you yeah. encounter this invincibility capsule, right? And you go, oh, hey, I'm going to jump so I can land on the capsule and break it. And then you jump and run directly into an enemy bullet. And then you see the enemy. And then you lose your rings. And because you get knocked back, you didn't even become invincible. So it's like, yeah. this is the opposite of what I wanted. I thought yeah. I was about to be the most safe. And now That's I'm... the other thing, it, like, in in the first Sonic, because a lot of these enemies are just from the first Sonic, at least in Neo Green Hill Zone. Yeah. They, they have the B guys, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, is like the Buzz B bombers. Shoots one bullet. Yeah, the, yeah, the B people. Yeah, so that guy in the first Sonic, he comes on screen, and then you see him charge up, and then right. you see him shoot, and you have a total, you probably have enough time to get all the way from the left to the right of the screen before he even fires a shot if you don't want to deal with him. Yeah. In this game, as soon as they are on screen, you get maybe like half a second before they start shooting at you I and like it's... their bullets travel really slow so there's just kind of this wall of death that you can't get through yeah i think it's... it's even worse because sometimes they fire without ever being on screen in the first place yeah if you if you load them if you get like close enough to load them but you don't actually see them they can still fire at you <laughs> that's a major issue i have with this entire game 
is that especially especially with the sixth act the sixth yeah. act i get hit all the time by stuff that i never even had a chance to see and that also right. sometimes includes spikes like the sixth act is the worst about it but there will be times where it's like oh hey because you didn't know there were going to be spikes there you got hit by the spikes yeah there's this very specific part that i want to talk about that's right before like the i guess like the pseudo final boss because you have a boss rush before you go to that can i like talk about something go for it. let's just kind of add on to what you're talking about with the enemies is that it like because it's like um it's better it's like you know has better power than like a genesis like it benefits from object permanence or with <laughs> like a lack of object permanence we're just like oh it's here so it's gonna shoot you but you yeah. don't know that and it's like and then I, w- I was thinking of you mentioned the buzz bombers i was kind of thinking of the the star enemies from metropolis zone and sonic 2 where it's like oh they're coming on a stream they're flashing and it's giving you that warning that it's going to shoot. Like a lot yeah. of enemies gave you a warning, and this game just doesn't because the 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 buzz bomber like enemies in this game are just constantly in that flowing animation and yeah. shoot without any warning. It's just and there's frogs yeah. that'll just jump at you randomly. Um, yeah, and their jump arc is really high. <laughs> the only one that really gives you a warning is like the diamond one where it opens its mouth before shooting. I don't know if it does it immediately after opening it, or not. It but... shoots and opens its mouth at the same time. So the only but... time it's vulnerable is also when it's most dangerous. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. That was the problem with that. Which enemy, so. I think I like, but I definitely don't like it when I'm playing it. It's it's terrible in execution. I love that enemy when it is placed in good places. Yeah. I think that at right at the beginning of the first act of Zone 6. What is that actually called, Charlie? What's the name? The rocket? Uh, Egg Rocket Zone. Okay. So, in Egg Rocket Zone, after you actually get into the rocket, you go down this little, like, Knuckles Chaotic style go right, then go left, then go right, then go left thing. Where basically, you run across a track, and you can see the track below you, and then when you follow that track, you see another track below you, and you run to the other side, and then fall again. And you can see one of those diamond enemies, and they usually get a chance to shoot before you're even down there, so you can tell that the obstacle is there, and then you can, like, avoid it or deal with it accordingly. And I actually liked that a lot. I felt that it gave you sort of this thing to do while you were running through this track that was basically just there to get you some rings. Yeah. And I felt that that was one of the few times this game actually showed you something before having you deal with it. But usually they place those enemies in such a way that you're just going to run into their bullets before you even really get a chance to see them. And then because they're invincible otherwise, you can't really just jump at them to take them out. So they're just entirely cumbersome and you have to wait around for them. It's it's interesting because I think that enemy was designed to be the most deadly enemy. Because the way it functions is pretty... like. If you, if you remove level design from the equation, the way it functions is pretty dangerous as compared to, like, other enemies that shoot downward, right? But in level design, an enemy that shoots downward before you can even see it means you can dan- you can get hurt without necessarily even knowing why, yeah. you know? Uh, whereas this guy can only hurt you when he's on screen. So I really like the design of the enemy, but it, it doesn't make sense in the context of the of the game's level design and the way that the game decides to to load enemies before you're ready for them to be loaded. Yeah, it, like it's it's really weird. There's also this situation where like I think it's still in a rocket zone where one of those diamond enemies is positioned just behind a spike and then to the left of that spike is one of the pop-up spikes. So like you can't jump over both of the spikes and then get to that enemy because he just doesn't travel to the point where you could do that. 
unless you had like a running start and then you wouldn't have any way of knowing whether or not it was open or closed because it would be off screen before you got there. So what you have to do is just sit there and wait for the pop-up spike, its pattern, to align with the enemy being open, but you have to like jump before the enemy is open because if you don't, you'll just get hit by the bullet and if you jump too early, you'll get hit by the enemy because you can't like, it's invincible when it's closed and it deals damage when it's closed. So basically you just have to like carefully watch this pattern play out like 10 or a dozen <laughs> times even yeah. before you know when exactly to jump. And even then you're kind of like at a weird 50-50 because chances are you aren't going to be able to perfectly nail the timing. And then in front of that is a bottomless pit. So if you run after that, like if you feel good about yourself and you're like, cool, I got through the obstacle, now I can move a little bit, you just get slammed to the ground and die. I would like to say I'm playing the game right now and I'm in the sixth stage and I just ran into a spring that launched me directly into that enemy. Yeah, and spikes probably like in the same area. Yeah, actually almost immediately afterwards, yes. <laughs> and also there's a, there's a bit in the sixth stage where you like land on a spring that launches you either into spikes or directly on top of the spikes and you need to land on the spikes in order to make progress in the level but you will either go into the spikes or not depending on how fast you're moving and you don't know that when you're hitting the spring there's no way you can know that also in order to have enough speed you have to deliberately do a, a spin dash because it's a very small platform where the spring is yeah this game also, like we said, like we mentioned earlier, this game doesn't really want you to go that fast because there are tons of enemies that shoot things at you and they shoot things at you before you can see them, so you have to be a little cautious, right? Yeah. But in this sixth zone, like, oh, God. there's a bunch of obstacles that require you to be running at full speed to get over them, or again, you'll just fall into bottomless pits. Yeah. So you just have to know when you're allowed to go at full speed and when you're not. And, like, I actually think that this zone, or this act anyway, the first act of the sixth zone, is actually really fun and cool when it's working the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Because, essentially, you have a series of five-minute timers to get through each segment of this three-segment level. And when you get through a segment, like, the thing, the track you were just running on, like, falls out from beneath you. And it feels really cool to, like, ascend this sort of, like, rocket right. as you're going into space. And when yeah. you get to the top segment, you look out a window and actually see, like, the Earth yeah. and then that you're in the atmosphere. And yeah. it's really, really cool. I like that at every... the Those bits make up the checkpoints. There aren't checkpoints anymore. There's just how much of the rocket is left. Yeah. But at each checkpoint, you're higher up in the air, and you can see that in the windows. And it's very cool when you can see yourself suddenly in space. Right. Yeah, and also, like, this level has a lot of the flying battery type stuff where you go, like, in and out of the area. So sometimes you're inside this huge, like, complex rocket. Right. And then sometimes you just shoot out of the side and you're kind of doing this, like, like airy platforming. And I think that's actually done a lot better than Flying Battery Zone because I didn't hate being outside. I wasn't afraid of it. But it did tell me that there would be bottomless pits. So, yeah, like, yeah. it was this sort of version of conveyance that isn't in the rest of the game where when you see the orange background, you know you have to be careful about bottomless pits. And then when you're inside of the rocket, you know you can kind of, like, move a little more freely. Right. Yeah. I think that, like, executed slightly better and with, like, less heinous enemy placement, <laughs> this game could be really, really fun. But I think that because of the... The screen size that we're talking about, like, it's just, it's like an old Game Gear game, honestly. Yeah. It's its interesting because I think the game has the mechanics that it needs to be really fun. Like, I think all of the characters are, are very interesting, especially Amy. Everything about Amy is cool in theory, but the game 
design, the level design doesn't support it. Yeah, I also think that the level design is troubled in the way that it's not built for any one particular character. Yeah, yeah. Like, getting to the first spring in Neo Green Hill Zone as Sonic is doable, but like, you have to know where it is so early in the level where basically you just have to be on the top playing the whole time. And because the screen is so small, you can't tell the jumps that you have to make to get to that spring. So basically, you'd have to, like, already have memorized the course. Whereas with Tails, you can just fly up there. Like, there's an arrow of rings that points to where the, the spring is. Yeah. And if you just follow that with Tails, it makes total sense. And that feels good, and it makes you, like... It, it doesn't feel like you're being handed it, but it feels like it was built for Tails, where if you're exploring, you'll find the things you need to. Mm -hmm. But, like, also, the rest of the game doesn't feel like it's designed for Tails, because enemies are placed in such a way where if you're flying, frequently you'll just get shot before you have a chance to course-correct yourself, whereas with Sonic, you can usually just kind of, like, roll out of the way or fall faster than the enemy can shoot you. So, like, it feels safe as far as the enemies are concerned for Sonic. And then with Knuckles, like, he has more, like, attack abilities. Like, he has that uppercut, and I think that can actually hit the enemies that shoot downwards. So, like, he's given the tools to deal with the enemies, but because he doesn't have, like, the sort of, like, jump height that Sonic does, it's harder for him to get around spikes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, everyone sort of doesn't have any of the tools that they need to get anywhere except for one thing like if you could combine all of these characters then maybe the level design would work but it like i don't know it's this weird middle ground that isn't happy for anyone yeah i i definitely like it's not designed like all most of the sonic games are designed for sonic you know uh and this game doesn't feel like it's designed for sonic it's designed to be like anyone but as a result no one it, it yeah. feels too platform heavy yeah that's that's for sure yeah, I think I agree with you. Do we want to talk about the bosses, or do you want me to go into the Chow aspect? I, I would like to say some things real quick. One being that when you get hit, the rings flying out of you is probably... This is such a small, specific thing, but it's probably my favorite version of rings falling out of you in any Sonic game. Where they just go everywhere? They go everywhere, but also, I think it really is however many rings you have is how many fall out. Yeah. Which is not, which has not been true in the past. I don't think that a hundred rings come out, but I think it's way more than 20 in the previous game. It's definitely yeah. more than 20. In the 3D Sonic games, Sonic Adventure and Adventure 2, 20 rings come out at a fixed distance, no matter how many rings you've collected. And it's well, they come out in a perfect circle yeah, in like Sonic Adventure. In a perfect circle, and it's pretty trivial to recollect them, depending on your situation. So that always felt pretty unsatisfying. I don't know, I always still felt like it was crippling because you're going to get to 300 rings in that game. <laughs> That's true, I suppose. But in this, it's like, oh man, I collected 100 rings, a bunch just flew out of me, and they got knocked around by the walls so much that they actually flew back into me immediately afterwards. So now I have like 8 rings without even trying to recollect them. And that's that's cool. That's like a, gen a genuine reward for having so many rings that you essentially can take an extra bonus hit without having to work for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's also, it's also just fun to see the rings fly around. Like, fun is definitely the wrong word, because I don't think when I get hit, this is fun. But it feels better <laughs> than in other games. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get, like, hit by things other than spikes very much. And, like, when you <laughs> get hit by spikes, you're typically not around a lot of walls. Yeah. So, like... You're also just mad. Yeah, and I just felt bad because getting hit by spikes feels way worse than getting hit by an enemy. Which I completely agree with. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It I 
the rings being fun to collect do not make up for the how much you'll get hit in this game. Yeah, but you're gonna need those rings because there's a child garden in this game. Yeah, I do want to talk about the bosses, like you said. Really quick. <laughs> oh. Well, get he, get, Isaiah just diverted, so I wasn't sure. The first boss is Eggman in a car with a hammer, which is somewhat similar to Sonic Pocket Adventure. Except this time, the hammer moves smoothly. It doesn't go from one position to another. It, like, rotates. And I think that's a lot, lot worse. Yeah, actually, I agree. I think it's generally harder to deal with in a way that is not fun for the first boss. And I also think that, like, it's kind of hard to figure out the angle that you'll move when you yeah. jump at Eggman. It's kind of like a reverse version of the first Sonic 1 boss. Yes, yeah. Where the sure. object swinging is above and below, and then once you get to its last hit, he starts flipping himself, like, with the hammer, so he gets a little bit harder to hit, which is kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah. And he was already hard to hit before, like, yeah. to be clear, this is not an easy boss, really. Yeah. And every, every boss in this game has, when there's only one hit left, they have an extra attack, or they have mm -hmm. a, a slightly changed behavior, right. uh, which I think is pretty cool. If not in execution than at least in concept because we haven't yeah. really experienced that in Sonic except I think in Sonic Adventure 2 there are some extra attacks that are added when they're low on health and of course the Egg Viper in Sonic Adventure has that final attack yeah he's up to something yeah <laughs> I wanted to talk about specifically two bosses there is the boss in Casino Paradise which is just stupid I hate that boss yeah it's really, really easy. Like, it's a joke, but it's just waiting. It's like the only time I've used the uh, the B attacks. Yeah, so basically what that boss does is there are these two balls. One is Eggman, and one is just a spiky metal ball that is like a big hitbox that if you touch, you take damage. And they come out of these, I think there are... There are four sets of tubes, but eight total. Yeah, so yeah. there are eight tubes, two to the point up, two to the point down, two to the point left, and two to the point right. And Eggman and this metal ball just randomly come out of them. They come out of two, and they go at, like, the same speed. But the issue is that there's only one safe spot in that whole area, and it's just crouching down in the middle. So this isn't about dodging them, really. It's just about crouching in the middle, and then waiting for Eggman to be on either the left or the right one going down, so that you have enough time to see him and hit him if you're playing as Sonic. If you're playing as Tails or Knuckles, or probably Amy, you can hit the B button to attack them while they're next to you. And at that point, you can hit them like two or three times, and it's really, really easy, but like, it's just waiting. And sometimes Eggman won't do what you want him to, and you could try and go up there to like, intercept him at one of the different pipes, but the issue is that that's so punishing, because it's really easy for you to, like, misread the situation and then get hit by the metal ball, that you're just better off waiting. Yeah. And with Sonic, it takes forever because his B attack doesn't have a long hitbox, so you can't attack the enemy, like, through the tube that they're in. Right. Whereas everyone else can. So, like, playing as Sonic is even more demoralizing. <laughs> it's just bad. It's just a bad time. I would what like was... to say that this is not the only iteration of, like, uh, Eggman and also something that isn't Eggman appear out of two things at the same time and you have to figure out which and hit that one uh, yeah. and i think this is actually one of the better iterations of that boss is it the sonic mania boss yeah there is there is a boss in sonic mania but i feel like there's another one that i'm forgetting that has pretty similar mechanics uh uh morton koopa morton koopa from from super mario world <laughs> which which koopaling uh comes up with pipes isn't it one of the in, Son in Super Mario World? Yeah. Because it's, it's Lemmy like, and Wendy ones, in that one. Oh, okay. Lemmy and Wendy. Yeah. It's the only difference between them is that one has, like, different levels of pipes and there's more fireball But yeah, that's, that's the enemy we're thinking about, I think. Okay. 
Yeah, that that Sonic enemy Wendy. Yeah. yeah. When was the other? What was the other boss you're thinking of? The other boss is the water boss in this game, which oh, comes boy. after Ice Town, Ice Snow, Snow Forge, Finland Snow Land. Land. What is it called? It's Ice Mountain, I believe. Ice Mountain. <laughs> so the Ice Mountain boss is just a water boss, which is already like, oh great. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> And the way this one works is that he just scuttles across the top of the screen like a goddamn ice crab and then drops these little icicles on you and you have to jump at them and use them as platforms to get to him. But the issue is that they fall at random locations, which is already like, oh great, another boss with random attack patterns that are like, it's impossible to predict where they're going to be and you basically have to be right under them to be able to use them to hit him. But yeah. beyond that, you're also on this artificial timer because of the water, so you have to decide whether or not you want to hit Eggman, or if you want to actually get some air. And it just creates this, like, situation where if you're not playing as, like Charlie said, Knuckles or Tails, you can't get air for free. So, like, you're kind of just taking a gamble on whether or not you want to survive or yeah. hit Eggman. And yeah. it takes forever, because I think you have to hit him, like, seven times. Mm -hmm. Is it the title Temple Boss where if you attack him, he gets you, you get air? No. Yeah, it's the Sonic CD one. What? Or, it's I the mean, Sonic you don't... CD yeah. iteration. That, you don't, you don't get air. Yeah. Yeah. He's got bubbles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Alright, I, 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 really, I just like that a, a mechanic as a water boss, I just want to mention. Um, yeah, the Sonic CD bosses are like the best iteration of every Sonic boss idea ever. <laughs> I, I actually agree. So I would like to say that when you're fighting that boss as Amy, Amy's hammer actually has enough reach that you don't need to use the icicles to hit the boss. That's cool. And you will just barely beat the boss without ever needing to take a breath. That's interesting. One of the... I don't want to talk about the bosses so much, but I I would I would also like to talk about a boss. All right, you say, and I'll probably cover whatever ground I need to. All right, so the boss of the sixth zone, who whose name I forget. Chaos Angel Zone. Yeah, so so the boss. Maybe it's the seventh zone. It's the the boss before it's the Cosmic Angel Zone. Okay, it's it's where there's these like sort of ball chains along the ground that when you walk mm -hmm. along, like your weight makes them go down a little bit. And then he's basically, it's the same boss from Flying Battery Zone. But worse. Yeah, where where he's invulnerable and there's spikes where he should be, and then he switches places with the spikes for, for no particular reason. Except in this, instead of it being no particular reason, it's because you jump high enough and then uh, use the, the physics of your your floor to basically make him rotate. Yeah, yeah, you have to like jump right next to him and if you jump high enough and hit the ground, it like shakes the the yeah. floor under you and he's vulnerable, which is cool, but... but sometimes you don't get enough time to hit him. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it even works. Like you you feel like you should have made him flip, but he doesn't. Yeah, you have to basically be jumping in place. You can't like be moving during the jump. And the yeah. horrible cherry on top of this is that if you get hit, the rings don't bounce on the chain. <laughs> so yeah. you just like if yeah. you don't catch it in the air you're just kind of screwed it's which i would be fine with if this boss worked better mm -hmm. like i like the idea of a boss where you can't easily get your rings back but this is not the one to do that with i i, I was pretty into that boss overall but i i do think that there are there's certainly wait so you're like into you like this boss i i like the boss yeah i think that that was probably my favorite boss out of all of the bosses I mean, all of these bosses kind of suck, but, like, that one is no exception. Admittedly, it's not a high bar, but... Yeah. You know, I, I had fun with it. The reason I don't like this boss 
is has little to do with the boss itself, actually, and just has to do with the segment of the level right before it. Okay. Which, if you want to say anything more about that boss, go ahead, but I do want to talk about that level segment. No, let's, let's move on to the level segment. Okay, so right before you get to this boss is an area where, first of all, you're upside down because it's space, which is neat, but, like, you're upside down, and if you jump to the right like you would in a Sonic game, you fall down a hole, and that's all well and good. Basically, you have to fall down these three, like, platform segments to get to the boss. But the issue is that these holes are so deep that already it's a leave of faith, which is not great. But in addition to that, if you go all the way to the right, like you probably will, because in Sonic it's fun to move, there are a row of three spikes where as soon as you see them, if you're pushing to the right, it's already too late. No matter how much you try to course correct, yeah. you will get hit by these spikes. So what the natural, like, human thing to do is is you're going to be like, oh, okay, there's spikes on the right, so let me go to the left. And if you push all the way to the left, there's another set of spikes on the left that will hit you as you fall down to the next area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that place is highly rude. And then, if you do the natural human thing, which is to get mad and run to the right again, <laughs> it's got another spike in this tiny tube that hits you on the wall. So, like... Generally speaking, you're gonna hit three spikes before you even get to this boss. And after that, they hand you 30 rings for free because they put you through one of the, like, no-input segments where they just shoot you around space for a little bit. Yeah. So it's not even, like... Like, it's just there to piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially because it's, like... They just prep you for the boss, so you don't get to feel like you prepped yourself for the boss. Yeah. It's so bad. Like, there's no reason, it just wastes 30 seconds. Like, just put the checkpoint in front of the boss like with every other Sonic game ever. So, before we move to Chow Garden, I just wanted to mention that there is a, a Mecha Knuckles boss. He's pink, he has yellow gloves, he spits out missiles. I love him, but he's not Metal Knuckles, so, eh. He also has a second phase where, when you deal enough damage, like Isaiah was talking about earlier, his shell falls off and he's just like, he's like silver knuckles, he's got the gray metal exterior. Yeah, he also has compound eyes, which is kind of interesting. Like in his official artwork he does. He's, I didn't, I didn't really think of him as metal knuckles so much as a fake knuckles. Mecha knuckles. You're right, you're right, mecha knuckles. But he was sort of like, like he's a robot designed to look like knuckles, I think right. to trick you into thinking that he's knuckles. Yeah, and knuckles is like, what, when he faces him. <laughs> Yeah, I get, like, I felt that it just was the same as Metal Sonic because you can face him as Knuckles, so, like, right, right away, it's pretty obvious that he's not Knuckles. I mean, his boss <laughs> fight, at first, is much like his, uh, the, the Sonic Knuckles version, where he yeah. just glides and he jumps and he spin dashes, but I just want to mention that, and that the the final zone, it's like a little mini boss gauntlet, and you fight the first bosses of Sonic 1 and 3, I mean 2, and it <laughs> plays as, like, a remix of those themes. This game does have, like, remixes of older tunes, which is kind of cool, but... Yeah, I think it's got, like, four different ones? Yeah, it's got... You know, it's the Sonic 1, 2 bosses, there's uh, Scrap Brain Zone, Twilight Zone, no, Starlight Zone, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then they do two-player of uh, Emerald Hill Zone from Sonic 2, but I'm, I'm, but I want to talk about the Tiny Chow Garden because, God, by God, if I can't talk about the Tiny Chow Garden. Well, so, do it, do it. So you get rings in the stage, like, whatever you end in an act with, you that ring get, gets back to your uh, count, and... You know, you have a chow there that gets hungry, has a mood, and you can buy fruit. That's very unique fruit, which is important to note, because they, they can increase all your stats instead of just stamina like the fruit in the uh, uh, console games. But you can also buy toys, which like a trumpet or a TV, and a rubber ducky, which, as far as I'm concerned, it can't use at all because it doesn't swim. And I don't think it swims until, like, the later chow gardens, tiny chow gardens. Yeah. And yeah. there are two Game Boys in the corner, which are kind of bad. They don't give you enough rings that, to make it really worth it, but it's a method. No, the games are fun, though. The games are fun. 
I'm literally playing one of them right now. And you can see your chow in it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think they're that fun. They get kind of tedious after a while. Well, one of them is a memory game where basically it just, like, has a bunch of cards that a chow will come by and scramble. Is that chow your chow, by the way? Like, will it change colors? Yeah, like, if you have a different color chow in there, it'll be that color. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. But, um, that game is hard because it's, like... A memory match. ...difficult to do memory games. Yeah, unless you're, like, good with that. Wherever the cards spawn is random, but, like, it shows you at the beginning that different layers, like, do more points. Sometimes your child just push it out of the five-point zone and put it at the one-point zone. It's very frustrating. Yeah, it's like it doesn't want to eat. But the other game, which I actually prefer, is this rock-paper-scissors game where essentially you have these cards that move around like a carousel, and you can shoot triangles at them. So if you shoot the, like, winning thing, so like if you shoot scissors at paper, you get some rings, and if you shoot paper at paper, it clears the obstacle, but you don't get any rings, and if you shoot paper at rock, it bounces your card away, and you've only got five Wait, cards. Wait, paper beats rock. Guys, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> and if you clear the entire board... Steven, exposed. So that's why I'm so bad. No, I'm, I just misspoke. <laughs> and, if, and if you clear the entire board, uh, then you get an extra 10 seconds and a new board, like, like appears. Well, that's not it. You also, if you clear a board, I believe the amount of rings you get for each correct, like, a, like attack, you get more. So yeah. if you're on your third round, you get three rings for every one that you shoot, and it goes up and up. And you can actually get quite a few rings that way if you're oh, good yeah. at the game. You can get... I've, I've gotten, like, 50 or 70 rings sometimes. I guess the thing is I was never that good at it, but it, it's there, and it's pretty cool. I definitely think it's easier to play just the straight game, but, like, if for some reason you only wanted this for the Tiny Child Garden, which, as a kid, I did. Yeah, same. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> but, like, in addition to the toys and the fruit, there are eggs you can get. And you can you can get, like, a normal egg that just costs zero, but you can also get special jewel eggs that you can't get in the GameCube console games. And they cost a lot of money. Like, the most expensive is the Onyx, which is, like, a very jewel black egg yeah. that basically costs the same as the shiny black egg at the black market, 20000 But you could take that egg, and basically anything except the toys, you can transfer into your GameCube game. So you can have cool jewel chows with that, or yeah. you have these cool fruits that can up your stats. So you don't always have to rely on chaos drives but or animals, but they do have to be hungry to eat them. You can take the fruit into the GameCube games? Yeah. Oh, I never did that. I only ever took the chow. Yeah, they have special they have like special models that look it's just kinda cool to see them in 3D. That's awesome. And that is you cool. You can also put your chow in there. There can only be one chow and one egg in the tiny chow garden, because it's tiny. Yeah. But uh, something that you might not be aware of, and this has less to do with Sonic Advance, but you can just transfer a chow into like a blank Game Boy Advance, like no cartridge in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it just makes a copy of the channel, but I thought that was really cool, and I tried that out. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that before, because I actually, I bought Sonic Advance and a Game Boy connector cable for my GameCube just to play the stuff. <laughs> like, I needed a Jewel Chow in Sonic Adventure 2. You yeah. have a first-party one or a third-party one? I had first-party stuff. So, uh, so Charlie, do, do you know this? If you, like, do that, like, virtual Game Boy Advance thing where you don't have Sonic Advance, but you just put a, make a copy of the Chow. If you do that in Sonic Adventure, one of the minigames is different. Oh yeah, I was actually just playing that because I don't have enough room at Adventure 2 Battle to do it. <laughs> it's basically, you have to search for certain Chow, but they all look the same because the sprites aren't that creative. And that's the weird thing, like compared to Chow Adventure, there's like, the sprites are unique, even if it's LCD, LSD, LCD screen. LCD screen? Like you can see the shape of a certain type yeah. of Chow. 
if it's in there, but I digress. Yeah, it just like, oh, look for this chow. It gives you like generic chow names. And then there are tea call balls that give you hints to where it is. But if, and if you get the right one with less hints, you get more rings. But if you get the wrong one, you get like 30 seconds taken off your timer. So it's like really... I like it more than the rock paper scissors, honestly, because that's the one it replaces. But yeah, that sounds that sounds interesting. It's it's interesting. I would rather it replace the memory game because I like them both more than the memory game. Yeah, I, I would like the memory game more if it were worth more rings, but the max you can get from it is like thirty, right? I was never see that's why I liked it because I could never get enough in the rock paper scissors game to care. About. I definitely feel like it's much slower to get rings than in the rock paper scissors, but well, I think that's all I really want to talk about the Chow Garden because thankfully it's not as expansive as the other ones, and sometimes your Chow will say something to you, but you can't respond to him. Is there a way to get rid of the egg in your garden? because I was a dummy and just got the free regular egg. And now there's there's just nothing I can do about that because I can't... Well, you have to... Con you, I don't think you can do anything, but you have to connect to the GameCube, I think. So what if I'm 12 and I don't have a GameCube because I just don't, so I can't connect to Sonic Adventure 2? I mean, is the egg really going to hurt you? Yeah, I was going to say then the Chow Garden is boring anyway because there's nothing to do in it. I guess so, but man... I don't know. There's like no reason. Also, also, if you're 12 and you get the chow, like, that's your friend now. What's your problem, dude? You're right, you're right. What'd you guys name your tiny chow? I don't actually remember because I took him out. So, so I got the, the, the default name from, for my chow, which I was like, I'm definitely going to change this. And then I never did. But I think, it, I just think it's funny that this was the default name was Martin. <laughs> Martin. That's a good one. Imagine naming your chow Martin. I named mine Chump. I love it. And when Summer came in while I was playing, she was like, why is your chow a chump? And I was like, no, that's his name, not his classification. <laughs> chump is very smart, actually. I mean, it's a CH name, so it already it already fits for a chow name. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly correct. I think it's time for us to give a thumbs up, thumbs down on this game. All right. And, I mean, despite all the memories I've, like, had with this, I think I'm going to give it a thumbs down. Yeah, me too. I think me too. It's, like, so close, but it's got the Game Gear syndrome of, like, the screen being tiny. I mean, it looks better than a Game Gear game, at least. Oh, it looks way better, yeah. It definitely is close. Like, if you look at the individual pieces, like, it's pretty, it's pretty good, you know? There's some really cool art in this game. Like, we've talked about there are different animations for characters doing different things. And, like, I really like Egg Rocket Zone, like, both thematically and a lot of the level design. After you get, like, after you've played it a couple times, I think it's got a really fun level design. And I like Secret Base Zone a lot, too. I like both the music and the backgrounds and the designs for those stages. And I think that it's fun to feel like Sonic breaking into Eggman's hideout. I think Secret Base does a better job of that than any zone so far. Yeah, especially at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Where you're doing the zip lines through the city. It's so fun. Yeah, and fun. it's got, like, searchlights you can't really see as much. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I like Secret Base Zone a lot, and I think that, like, those two things are bringing the game up, but, like, every other zone is not that fun to me. Yeah. And, like, even the music isn't great for most of it, so I, th I think I'm still a thumbs down. Also, I just remember this. You can also transfer your entire ring inventory into Sonic Adventure 1 or 2. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Which is good. weird because you would actually want the opposite because it's so much harder to get rings in Sonic Advance. Yeah, exactly. Also... There's, there's a mechanic that shows up, like, rarely, but enough to bug me. You can grind on these rails in very specific points in the game, but I could never reliably get it to happen. You can also only grind on them as Sonic or Amy, and Amy, like, yeah. rides it on her 
but... Interesting. I, I could never, like... <laughs> and you can only do it... At the, that's the thing, Isaiah. You can only ever do it on the top. You can't do it midway. It's really yeah. situational that it's just not fun. It's very weird, and it doesn't feel good, because it feels like after beating the game, I still don't know how that mechanic works, and that's not good. Yeah, it's, not, it's just not great, and it's not there enough for it to even be worth learning. Yeah. But yeah, this is... This is like a strict downgrade from Sonic Pocket Adventure in every way other than, like, music and art. And I'd even say maybe the music is a downgrade. Yeah, I was kind of listening to him like, it's like, I kind of like this because I remember it, but it's still kind of a big grading. I mean, it's it's better than, like, 8 bits crashing your ears, but... Yeah. Follow us at the No Spin Dash Zone. I mean, at On No Twitter. Spin Dash Zone. And email us email at us No Spin Dash Zone email at gmail.com. <laughs> We're also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash no spin dash zone. And you can follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw something every day, and you're probably not going to like it. And you can also follow me at twitter.com slash ISIAH games. I guess I should have said it was on Twitter. I, yeah. I, that's something I haven't been doing. Anyway, bye. Have a nice night. Maybe it's Instagram. No. Bye.